0: Hey, what's happening everybody? I am Chris.
1: And I'm Christine, and as you can tell, we are not in the studio this week.
0: We are absent this week, and so in a replacement, we are going to do for you is we're going to play back an old episode for one of our archive shows that you may have missed, and it's going to play for you right now.
1: So enjoy it. That's like a three-lens ring. You know what that's for? It's, three it's four stone. You,
0: that's where you can take three uh, pictures of three things at the same time. <laughs>
1: that's what chris <laughs> just got me with my mouth full of coffee i almost spit it out
0: <laughs> and now coming to you from the k2 studios in san diego california it's the world famous chris and christine show
1: Hey, what's happening, everybody? How y'all doing? I am Chris. And I'm Christine. And welcome to the 12th episode of the Chris and Christine show.
0: Awesome. Episode 12. 12 makes a dozen, which is like my favorite food, donuts.
1: Yeah, Chris loves donuts. And he loves to get donuts from lots of different places. But his absolute favorite donut is...
0: Which one? The Krispy Kreme?
1: Well, you tell me.
0: Well, I do love Krispy Kreme. Unfortunately, a lot of the Krispy Kremes Kremes around the town closed up. There's only like two left in the whole city.
1: But don't you like Yum Yum Donuts or something like that Yes, I
0: usually get the Yum Yum Donuts because they're open 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And there's one on the way home from work. So when I get home from work, I will just swing on by and pull up in there and get a dozen for me and for the kids so when they wake up in the morning they have a dozen donuts
1: yeah that's so fun and i'll never forget when the dunkin donuts opened up nearby chris's house oh yeah the day it opened he's like babe can you go get me donuts oh it's like oh my gosh the line is like forever long no i'm not going to get
0: donuts yeah well that's the first time we actually got a dunkin donuts brand of, of a restaurant what do we call them here in town it's not that far from me so yeah it's
1: not that far at all but people talk a lot about the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Right. Like, that's a thing on the East Coast.
0: You can buy them. I was actually drinking uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee here in San Diego. Like, you'd buy them by the bag at like Costco or wherever, a store. And you buy the coffee, like coffee grinds or whatever. And um, it's, uh, it tasted okay, you know? I mean, it yeah, is what it I've is. I've
1: had it a couple times. I mean, it's like nothing to write home about, but.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I'd much as. I drink coffee. I do drink coffee a lot, but as much as I drink it, I'm not like a coffee snob, you know, like I don't have to have the best of the best, whatever. To me, it's like lungs is better than the basic.
1: Yeah. I like coffee, but Chris teases me that my coffee looks more like, like an ice cream sundae. Like it's all light (laughs) and sweet (laughs) versus being something like black coffee. My dad has always drink black coffee growing up. He'd have like a sweet and low in it or something like that. But That's what I grew up seeing, but I definitely put creamer and sweetener in it. But Chris, back to what we were talking about, loves a good donut. And so tonight is your 12 pack. Thank you. Where where are the donuts at? Uh, That was your one job you had to do bring donuts. Man. I screwed up.
0: Oh, man. Well, do they Hey, do they do delivery? Does Uber Eats do donut pickup?
1: I think that they do.
0: No. Way. DoorDash
1: for donuts. do
0: DoorDash or what's the other one called? There's another Uber one. Uber
1: Eats and Grubhub. Grubhub. And Postmates.
0: Post Wait, the post office?
1: Postmates. Postmates. Uh-huh. Postmates, like Postmates post Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and there's a couple others.
0: Oh, okay. Well, when uh, Zeke gets his license and he's 16, he can we, we can call it the uh, Zeke... Uh,
1: Zeke Eats. <laughs> Zeke Eats. Go get us some food. <laughs> I know that he would do it in a heartbeat too. So uh, we are so excited to be here for episode 12 with you all. Just to recap, last week was a fantastic week. It was a milestone for us with our podcast where we actually ran our first interview And we hosted Richard and Barbie Armenta, co-authors of the new book, The Right Combination, Finding Love and Life After Divorce.
0: That was awesome. Thank you so much, Christine, for actually taking care of that. I had to work that night, so I could not be here for the interview, but uh, Christine took care of it and she did a wonderful job.
1: Oh, thanks, babe.
0: I know. I mean, I had to be at work. Someone's got to pay for this place. (laughs) So I was out there hitting the grind, doing my thing. Saving the world. Saving the world. Right. And uh, Christine held the fort down and she took care of
1: it thanks so much and it really was an enlightening conversation so definitely go and listen back to episode 11 and listen to what richard and barbie had to talk about it's not just for individuals that are dating after divorce it's for anyone that's navigating complex relationships they are relationship coaches and guest speakers so yeah, definitely take a listen to episode eleven.
0: Have they? Uh, do they? Where do they speak at? Like, where is there a specific? Like, is it for churches or for schools or what?
1: Churches and for different types of for Barbie for women's events, for Richard for men's events.
0: Okay, really, all with the church though, or something else? No,
1: it, it's outside organizations too, but they definitely do have a faith focus in their conversations.
0: Right, i just wondering if that was their uh, specialty. Like, they focused. And they went to the men's group retreats through the the church they attend or if it was something different.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's their primary audience, but they're open to lots of different things. But I learned a lot from that interview, and I know that from tonight's episode, we're going to be tackling some more hot topics that we think are enlightening and bringing in some real Chris and Christine life info into tonight's conversation. We
0: are oh, hot teas.
1: <laughs> hot teas hot topics. Yeah. But something else fun that happened this week what, other what, than what? uh other than that interview was my favorite intro into the holiday season Starbucks holiday cups.
0: What? I heard Starbucks has had a lot of heat over the years of getting the Starbucks uh, coffee cups because people didn't like them because they were too Christmassy or too religious or too winter or too whatever. Yeah,
1: they used to just be red cups. Right. What's wrong with that? And that was fine. But then the next year they had something that was very like Judeo-Christian Christmas themed. And so what they did the following year is they started to have people submit designs oh, yeah. for their holiday that. cups, yeah, like a that. competition.
0: Oh, yeah. Mine got picked. It was just a snowflake. And I think they have that. Well, thank you. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> well, I was really excited to see that holiday cups were coming out this week. And so on Thursday morning, I went into Starbucks. I got my holiday latte it's a caramel brulee latte with non-fat milk that's what i like for the holidays and i was super surprised that they gave me not only my regular coffee but they gave me a to-go cup it's a little plastic one and it's what? red and they gave it to me for free and they said every time i bring it back i get 10 cents off my drink
0: well is the cup like 10 cents worth of coffee because so small
1: no it's a grande cup size
0: Oh, I thought you said small cup. I just imagined like a thimble or something.
1: No, it was their gift to their customers who ordered holiday drinks on the first day.
0: That's right. I do remember that now. That is f- fantastic.
1: Thank you. Well, I have my cute little cup in my car, and it goes with me so that when I go and get my coffee, they just put it in that. But it's mm-hmm. definitely kicking off into the holiday season and we have some special special episodes in the works that we are excited to share with you over the next several weeks so definitely stick with us follow and subscribe
0: and thank you guys who have listened and are listening and thank you guys and uh, you know share the love tell your friends and um yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate your loyal listening our loyal listeners yes. because it really does help put some wind in our sails when we hear your stories of how a topic has made you think or made you laugh or connected with an experience you've had. And so that's what we do is we try to design episodes that sometimes tug at your heart and sometimes just make you laugh.
0: Perfect. Well said. Well-scripted. I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so we have another great episode for you tonight, episode 12. And we're going to be tackling some more hot topics. And we will jump into those right after this. The Chris and Christine Show is now on Instagram at the K2 Show San Diego. Check out our latest pictures, videos, show teasers, and life updates on Instagram at the K2 Show San Diego. And now it's time for hot topics. Do 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 do.
0: Awesome. Can't wait. What you got today, baby?
1: Well, before we hop into this, I just want to fill you in on something Chris and I have been talking about and came up again during our little promo break, and it's we are on the verge of needing to upgrade our iPhones.
0: That's right. You know, I get the emails all the time from um, Apple and from AT&T. They says, upgrade, upgrade. I'm like, okay, yeah, but I got to get over to the store. I got to do it. Or I got to back the phone up. And it's like a process. And I'm so lazy. That's really the truth. I'm so lazy but I'm like, my phone works. and. What's the new phones do? I got a buddy at work who always gets the newest phone, not Apple, but he always gets a new phone. Like every new phone, he has to get a new one. And I'm like, well, what's that phone do that your last one doesn't do? Because unless it like makes you coffee and cleans your room (laughs) for you and drives you to work, I mean, if it doesn't do that stuff, then what's the point?
1: Yeah. Well, I take a little bit of a different approach to it. I'm a very, very sentimental person and I like to hold on to things that have a sentimental value to me. And Chris and I met, we've said this before, on Match.com, and I have the same phone that I had when we started dating. And do I, I? I, I do too. Yeah, and I keep all the text messages. Chris actually just deleted all his photos from the phone because, well, he backed them up to the cloud. That's right. But I keep all of our text messages and all of our photos on the same stream, and I'm kind of hesitating on upgrading that phone because I just i don't know i'm kind of attached to it and evidently i'm not the only one
0: yes yes we have a story here out of uh the uk the uk the uk now check this out um it's kind of similar to ours but um
1: but it's a couple that met on tinder and the topic goes like this the couple who met on tinder relied on their phones to foster the first sparks of their romance They have gotten engaged using a ring made from their old phones. What? Yeah. So get this one, Chris. What? This couple met on Tinder. Yeah. And then when the guy was thinking about proposing... Right. He decided to use pieces of their old iPhone to compose the ring that he proposed to his girlfriend with. way. Yeah. So apparently... Some of the components of the phone that are inside actually have gold in them. It's like really, yeah, it's like nine carat gold. Is that
0: why they keep offering to buy your phone, old phones? They want the gold, right?
1: <laughs> Maybe it's not a ton of it, but okay. it's and it's nine carat, so it's not really high value gold.
0: Oh, it's not. It's I, I don't know what that. Means. I thought lower numbers were high or better.
1: Um, no, oh, well, no, know. it's pure the higher you get. So it has less impurities when it's like 24 carat. Okay, but okay. what this guy did is he took their phones and took it to this... Um, it's like a recycling jewelry place. And so Ooh. they pride themselves on minimizing waste and taking old objects like iPhones and electronics. TVs, and computers. Something like that. It, yeah, converting it into jewelry. And so they took the different pieces of the phone and they made it into a ring. And so here's what it says. The ring is made from the handset speakers and microphones that the couple used to to whisper sweet nothings to each other the cameras they used for selfies and video chat when living apart and a nine karat gold band created using the very circuit boards that kept those phones alive
0: no way that's fantastic
1: yeah but i took a look at this ring and it's really like new age looking so it's- what you would
0: expect does it have like a Little, uh, um, the screen on it and like you can text on it.
1: <laughs> no, but instead of having any type of semi-precious stone or precious stone in the center of the ring. Oh,
0: what is the center stone?
1: It's the camera.
0: That is awesome. <laughs> Have you ever looked at the inside of your camera on your phone?
1: It's like you keep looking and looking deeper and deeper because there's all like those different little rings in there and the lenses.
0: And it's like a weird blue color mm-hmm. tinge to the the little camera thing, whatever it is, it's inside the very center. It's I, I always look at that. I'm like, that is so cool looking.
1: Yeah, so they use that for the center of the ring. And then the band is built from the circuit boards. And then the pieces of the speaker make up the sides right next to that center stone. And it's a really interesting looking engagement ring. But it has this incredible sentimental oh, value to them. absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that is like... You look at that thing, and you're wearing it, and you're like, that is how we met, literally.
1: Literally. And physically. Yeah. (laughs) And then you don't have to worry about it just, like, going into a junk heap anywhere. And so I was reading that story and just thinking about that, like, how would you guys feel if you created your engagement ring or wedding band out of your old iPhone?
0: I think that is super, super cool. But I'm also – I love, like, sentimental gifts like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the sentimental gifts that Christine got me for my birthday are unbelievable. I love them so much. And that's what she does. She gives very sentimental gifts. And I can see Christine doing something like this. And why didn't I do this? I should have thought about doing this. I spent a little money I spent on my ring. Or sorry, Christine's, Christine's ring. Sorry. But um, I wonder – what was it cost to do this? You think?
1: I don't know. No, oh, it didn't say, but I was thinking of looking that up after the show we'll to see this. what something like that would go.
0: Well check this out. Uh put this in perspective. I believe a new iPhone or even an old iPhone like that, it's probably worth maybe five hundred dollars, right? Uh, I don't know. The new no. ones
1: are going for fifteen hundred dollars. Well that's we're
0: talking like the the biggest one and the biggest memory. Was right. Just a, that one has
1: three cameras on it. Imagine well, that ring. That's like I a know. three, that's like a three lens ring. You know what that's for? It's, three it's stone. Four, you,
0: that's where you can take three uh, pictures of three things at the same time.
1: <laughs> <That's> what, <laughs> Chris just caught me with my mouth full of coffee. I almost spit it out. Right
0: <laughs> <then>. <laughs> oh, well, that's what that's for. Oh. But, um, no, I'm saying, um, that the um that the camera the phone they had was probably older. So you bought if you if you were say we we're going to do this right, you bought an old phone for say you know a couple hundred bucks.
1: It said it was an iPhone 5s. Well, that's
0: an old phone. Gosh, that was probably um, uh, you probably can get one of those for maybe a few hundred dollars if anyone's still selling them. Now I'm saying. The cost to manufacture the ring, Mm -hmm. that's got to be up there. The phone itself is probably a couple hundred bucks. The ring's probably
1: maybe a couple thousand. So that probably ring might have cost them, I don't know, maybe a couple grand. It probably did, especially when you're thinking of taking apart, like you're deconstructing an iPhone. So you have to keep that camera intact and then put it into a ring setting and then to pull out the gold from that circuit board to be able to they create to, like, a band
0: that's like melt that down yeah to absolutely get the, to get the gold out right well i don't know
1: exactly all the process but you're gonna have to melt it at some point to make it into a ring
0: that's awesome i have high respect for these guys this guy is getting very creative
1: yeah absolutely and, it,
0: and if he spends over the price if he now i would love this guy more if he got a super good deal on this ring if we, if you like if you got this ring for like super, super cheap compared to, say, I don't know, like a regular wedding band, give them props. I love the dude to death because he saved a bunch of money, saved the iPhone, got sentimental value. It's worth It's worth more to them than probably a regular ring because of the sentimental value.
1: Right, definitely. And it's definitely a one-of-a-kind creation that right, right, has, that's what I'm saying. beyond just even the sentimental value, it's just very, very unique. So props to this couple for coming up with a really innovative way to catalog their love and to keep it for all eternity.
0: Oh, man. Well, good luck to them. Did they get married already? Do you know?
1: I. Uh, it says that they are planning to get married, but they have a daughter together and they're living together. So okay. it's okay. definitely they're headed in that direction.
0: Right. And speaking of heading in that direction, when we come back, we have a list of uh, things you probably should consider about when the two of you these couples get together and decide to uh merge uh, you know get married
1: yeah you know, bring like together that. a family and we'll be bring- right back after this all right
0: the chris and christine show is available everywhere on google play with google podcast spotify
1: soundcloud apple Podcasts, youtube and iHeartRadio. radio So now it's time for hot topic number two.
0: Fantastic. What you got? Well, actually, I got it, but uh, (laughs) sorry.
1: But I'm going to intro into this one. So last week on our podcast episode, we shared some exciting news that we have decided not just when we are going to get married, but where we are going to get married.
0: That's right. We're going to get married in Hawaii. Oh, it looked amazing. It felt amazing. And I heard the weather is fantastic. The time of year we're going to go. And um, that's great. because, uh, But the thing was is that we we're looking at weddings here in San Diego. And for the kind of event we want to do, it's funny. It's almost cheaper to do it in Hawaii, right?
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And which is crazy to think about. Yeah, you know? it really is crazy. But that brings us to part of our conversation that we've been having frequently, or frequently lately, which is as we think of that important walk down the aisle and blending our families, it brings up a really important conversation that... Some people like to skirt around, which is about how we're going to handle finances and whether we're going to blend finances or what kind of approach we're going to take to running our household.
0: Right. Because um, both of us have been married previously. Both of us are... We're both older now. Uh, Spoiler alert. Not a kid anymore, kids. Um, But neither (laughs) is Christine either, you know, even even though she looks like one, but... uh, (laughs) No, but um, we're a little older, so we have developed more. We have um, we have more um, experience and we have more stuff than we did when we were a lot younger, you know. So, we're talking about blending families. We're talking about budgeting and blending these families together. Um, talk about the money and the uh, experience and the jobs and the physical stuff. Because I have a house, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and I don't.
1: Right. So, there's differences.
0: Right, but she has um, experience in her, in her job and she has uh, schooling and she has education on her back and lots of education. Christine's a doctor, or she's going to be a doctor soon. <laughs> so, and I'm not a doctor. Christine's going to be a doctor. Okay. So, um, she has all that and I don't have that. So, it's kind of like uh, it's mixing of both worlds.
1: Right. And so, when we talk about blending families and Uh, coming together, bringing finances under the same household. There's a lot of different considerations and things that maybe some couples don't think about when they're going second time around. And so Chris has a great hot topic that he's going to bring to us from Mass Mutual, which is called Budgeting for Blended Families.
0: Right. This is a list of things you probably should consider when you are uh, blending a family. And um, I'm going to run through them right now. Okay, the first one on the list we got is obviously... The prenup,
1: yeah. So this is a pretty controversial one, though, isn't it, Chris? Oh
0: my goodness! Like I asked my ex-wife about when I got married the first time at the prenup, and she threw a fit. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a very touchy subject to to bring up because um, I had a lot to offer, um, and I believe um, when when the person brings a lot to the table, like everything, you know what I'm saying. Um, it gets kind of scary wanting to just give it all away half the other person. And the prenup, what it says here is that a prenuptial agreement is a legal contract that spells out which uh, premarital assets and debts will remain separate and which, if any, will be combined. That includes real estate, brokerage accounts, retirement funds, and life insurance. It also specifies that each person's property rights are should the marriage end in divorce.
1: And now, here's the thing with prenups because I used to be in this state of mind where it was, well, prenups are only for people that are going to end up getting divorced. But as I've gotten older, what I realize is that these types of agreements really help outline how we respect one another and what we bring to the partnership. And it allows for the conversation to happen that sometimes doesn't happen about. Like what happens in a worst case scenario? If one of us was to get in some life altering kind of accident, how was the other provided for? What are the boundaries? What do we think is off limits? And it's really not about what's yours is yours and what's mine is mine, but it's a let's put everything out on the table and have complete transparency. And I know for some people that go through that process of the prenup, Just the process of going through it helps them realize wait, we aren't really the right compatibility when it comes to finances. Yeah, I've had a couple of friends that have gone through that process and realized, you know what? It's just. I'm glad we talked about all this because this isn't going to work.
0: Wow, that's crazy.
1: That's not the case for us. You know, Chris and I, before we even got engaged, we had a conversation about what our feelings are for prenups. We don't know yet whether or not we're going to decide to get one, but we're not opposed to it should the other really be passionate about it.
0: Right, right. I'm not going to argue that. Now, the uh, next thing on the list is, this is a big one, this is kind of on the same line, um, to merge or to not merge your money. Now, um, paying bills in a blended family can be problematic, too, especially if the one or the two parties make significantly more than the other one. So it's kind of like, you know, should you join accounts, really, is what you're trying to talk about here.
1: Yeah, so this is interesting. It's funny, my dad and I had a conversation about this a couple months ago, because Chris and I are very strongly opposed to having joint accounts. It's not to say that we don't figure out how to share expenses in the future as we're looking at blending our families. But uh, Dave Ramsey says, you know, having separate accounts is like the beginning of a divorce. And <laughs> I, I know a lot of married couples that keep separate finances, but really I think it's about what works best for each couple.
0: Right. It's just, If you think, okay, if you break it down, the basics of it, it's numbers. It's a big numbers game. There's two of us, there's two jobs, and there's two incomes. There's one house. We, we, we can figure it out. And, and also, it's like I th- always thought people that blended incomes together were on the lower income side where they kind of had to. One person worked, the other person didn't work or whatever. And they kind of needed – like the wife – say the, the hate to be stereotypical. But like say the, the husband worked and the wife stayed at home and then the, wife made, no, sorry, the husband made all the money so that he would have to have a joint account for his wife so she could go out and buy groceries and whatever. So that's kind of where that – I always thought that came from.
1: Yeah, but I think that that's not necessarily true because I grew up in a very conservative household and the way we were raised is everything is shared equally. Everything goes in together, that whole like walking down the altar and getting married, it's the two become one and that meant finances too. But as Chris has mentioned, we've both been married before. We've both been burned by that situation. And so we've decided for ourselves because we do both have some, I'll call it financial trauma- that we bring into our relationship that we've decided for the health of both of us in our relationship, we're gonna keep separate finances, but what we are going to do is develop a household budget.
0: Right, and uh, going on that budget, if you wanna do this too, I thought about this, I joined this by Christine, by the way, is that (laughs) we should, maybe we do a third account. right? And the third account is like the- um, The household account. Right, it's combined, we both have access to it, but we both dump our share into it. Mm -hmm. But we have our own accounts and our own like jobs and our own stuff. So we can dump the household money into that and that money can pay the bills. It's just another way of doing it, but it still keeps things separate, even though it's kind of a combination of both. Yeah, like both both worlds.
1: Here's what we've agreed is collectively ours, and then separately, here's our fun money to do with what we need to.
0: Right, right, fantastic. That's great. Now the next one is, oh, speaking of that, financial secrets are not your friend.
1: Yeah, so this one is interesting because I I know of some friends. Actually, I was having a conversation with somebody. I'm not going to disclose who it is. Who is talking about going on a crazy shopping spree um, that she does once a year, but spends wait, a lot of money? Wait,
0: wait, wait! Back up a second. You're saying somebody you know goes on a crazy shopping spree, but only once a year?
1: Once a year What's to that even stock mean? up on work clothes and everything for the year at the Nordstrom annual sale, and. It's a lot oh, of stuff. How much? This, how much you are talking about? How much? I don't know. She didn't disclose. Well, how
0: much do you think it is?
1: A lot. Like she what she said. Think, yes. She said she does the finances and her son works at the store where she Ooh. was getting everything tailored and saw her receipt and said and took a picture and said, Mom, OMG. But I was like, once
0: a year, think about but that. But she
1: said, if you tell your father you're dead.
0: Okay. And okay. so
1: I I had to chuckle at the time, but it goes to this whole conversation of financial secrets are not your friend. And so Chris and I actually had a conversation earlier today where I was sharing with him some of my financial, I don't want to say struggles, but financial transparency and saying, hey, this is where I'm at. Uh, But we are very open with like how much, not credit card debt, but how much uh, student loan debt I have. And then he always shares with me like where his credit cards are. And it's just something that, we yeah, feel is really important.
0: Right. I try to be very open about that stuff. I don't try to hide stuff. when they're saying here in the articles, they're saying how people will try to um, hide big, massive debts. Like you get married and then you didn't know that your spouse had like five loan sharks after him and like, you know, all this crazy stuff. And next thing you know, because that'll affect you too. Yeah. Whether you want to or not. And I think it kind of, that's another reason why I think keeping separate accounts is kind of important because what's going to happen if, um, if it gets really bad, the IRS can, if you lay on taxes, they can go in and seize your account yeah, and take it from you. Now, yeah. if you have two accounts, now imagine if you had a one account. We shared an account together, a family account, one account, and they seize that, and the other person didn't know or whatever. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, I've walked that road of, um, I'm not going to give a lot of details, but walked that road of an individual holding a lot of financial secrets and um, still trying to pay off the last little bit of that because, yes, everything was collective. And so in California, we are a community property and a community debt state. And so even if the other person racks up that debt, if you're married to them, you have to take an equal stake of oh, it. Oh
0: my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so wow, that's crazy.
1: Don't hold any financial secrets. If you find yourself needing to hide things from your partner and you're getting into a blended family situation, reevaluate your motivation and your motives and... uh divulge those secrets
0: well the next one on the list uh, kind of talks about that too it talks about discuss your financial philosophy so like we just talked about it just now like figure out what we're going to do and a budget to plan and figure out what uh, don't keep secrets and uh and if you have a crazy spending spree like your friend or if i have a crazy spending spree we should kind of like talk about that stuff before we really get into it you yeah know? and
1: this one goes a little bit deeper where it's even saying like you need to discuss if one of you is a spender Like, okay, I'm going to spend every dollar by the end of the month for that paycheck and start fresh versus if somebody else is a saver or if somebody else is like super, super frugal. You need to know because those types of things can have a rub effect in your relationship. And so you just want to talk through them.
0: Right. And that all comes back to the budget. Figuring out a budget, figuring out a plan and kind of sticking to it. That's kind of what you got to do. And, um, also here it says discuss future expenses. Now it must be like if um, it's like putting kids through college or something, maybe.
1: Yeah. So especially if you have if you have kids from other relationships, it's having an open discussion around things like are we going to collectively contribute for one another's children going through college? What happens if a kiddo needs braces? Um, if it's my child biologically and your stepchild are you going to chip in but having some of those conversations so it's not just an assumption of you're going to pay and then there's lack of clarity and so just really being open about that
0: right exactly next we got set shared goals that must be like kind of the same thing about future expenses i'm guessing it's like you set a shared goal like we're gonna we're have a goal to get married for example and well this is talking about after you get married but i'm just saying that's an mm-hmm. example i can use and we're set to pay for this in cash which um it's kind of a crazy thing to do because a lot of people don't do that mm-hmm. and uh this is we're set a budget and that's our goal to get married in hawaii and our goal is this amount of money and we're going to hit that goal
1: Right. Yeah. And then the second thing to that is when Chris and I got engaged and we were talking about where we wanted to live, we both have healthy incomes from our day jobs. I mean, even though we're world famous on this podcast, you know, <laughs> we do have outside jobs. And so one of the things that we talked about is with our combined purchasing power that we could actually get a really nice house in San Diego. But we've decided for our financial goals to stay in, and to live in Chris's home, which is a very nice home, and Thank we're gonna you. we're gonna work on um, adding some flair to it the way some that flare. we want to.
0: <laughs> yes, Christine's gonna design. She has this whole redesign <laughs> downstairs, and, uh, and he up here too. And I said, go right ahead because I'm I'm kind of like living like a bachelor a little bit, you know. So I kind of like whatever. I'm more function than fashion when it comes to stuff around here. So
1: right, but we did talk about because we have a little bit more of a combined purchasing power the idea of snowballing the cost of the house, like adding more to the mortgage payment every month so that we could pay it off quicker and get more equity. Now you're
0: talking my love life.
1: Right, but that's what this is about when it's talking about setting shared goals is that we have a shared goal of when we get married, um, snowballing those mortgage payments and making some bigger payments so that we can pay this off a lot quicker and be debt-free.
0: Right. And um, speaking of money, again, we got discuss inheritances. Now I'm assuming this means that like if you want to leave money, who gets it? My Do my kids get my thing? and then Christine get, get Zeke gets uh, Christine's thing? or I'm kind of confused by it. Or is just talking about like if I got a bunch of money, do I share it with my like, ex my wife? You know, I don't
1: know. With your wife, did you say?
0: Well, yeah, like h- here. Yeah,
1: I- so this is like our pension. So Chris and I both have pensions from our day jobs. And so those would be things that once you retire, do you does your partner get the partner share or are you going to have your beneficiary be your child instead? And so talking through those types of things as you're navigating this blending situation. I never
0: thought about that stuff. I, I'm, when it comes to retirement and it comes to like who gets what and, and all that lifetime, life, um, was it? Uh,
1: life insurance, life insurance. Yeah, and life insurance, pensions all that and stuff. all of those things.
0: Right. Like I, I, I put it all for my kids to get everything in, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, and all that. So I didn't really think about that that too much, but um, but, but it's yeah. something that
1: we'll talk about as we're blending our family. Oh, is, we got a
0: lot of work to do, baby. We yeah. so got to figure all this stuff out.
1: But it's those things that you don't think about that can become thorns in your side or can become rifts in your relationship.
0: Right, and finally, we got here. It just says revisit the plan. So I'm assuming this means go back to the budget, figure it all out. And just schedule, you know, regular check-in, check-ins when you, when you like, uh, get things rolling. People tend to kind of get in their ways, and they kind of, like, uh, de- deviate from the plan that we had set in stone. Mm-hmm. I told you we're going to do this. Oh, man, we really serious about that? I, for- yeah. oh, I forgot. Oh, I said, honey, we're saving that X amount of dollars for this. Oh, but I really want a new Xbox. <laughs> or my car needed new rims. I like the old ones. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: but definitely being flexible because circumstances change. You never know, something might come up with a kiddo, there might be an unexpected expense, something. So making sure that while you do all of these things and you set things in place, that you revisit it and that finances are a frequent conversation. You know, the stats are really high for the divorce rate. And last week on our interview, we even cited the data that 67% of second marriages end in divorce. Wow. And I believe that a lot of that has to do with people not being willing to talk about the hard things like finances.
0: Speaking of finances, another thing, too. Living here in Southern California, living here in San Diego in particular, it's very, very expensive to live here. And I just heard a stat that... Um, In California in general, for the last seven years... More people have left the state of California than have come in wow. because it's super expensive to live here. And I bet you finances is a big cause for that number to be 6%, 7%, like you said. And I bet especially here, here, this whole list of finances and talk about financing and sharing incomes and budgeting, it's probably super important for a lot of people because a lot of people probably don't talk about that and they just go whatever and they just try to wing it Yeah, and, and they get married and then bad things happen.
1: And so- even though we're talking about the context of this being for blended families, there's some principles in here that apply to people that are first timers getting married. Right. You know, you might not have to take into account stepchildren and things like that. But talking about things like how you're going to manage your household budget, shared expenses, joint accounts versus not, I think it's really important that everybody has transparency around finances, and we are here to support you. All right, and now it's time for your favorite part of the show, Would You Rather. Would You Rather,
0: fantastic. What you got for today, baby.
1: All right, Chris, this one is a great one in the spirit of things relationship and finance. Are you ready?
0: Perfect. What you got? Perfect.
1: Chris, would you rather be in a relationship with someone with a low credit score but a high work ethic... Or someone with a high credit score that is entitled and never had to work for anything in their life?
0: Well, wow. Um, Gosh, let me tell you something. You can always fix a low credit score. You can't fix spoiled. And you can't fix uh, entitled. Right. Um, Especially when no one's going to tell them no. So, um, and I've had, honest to God, I've had super, super low credit scores. My The story of my life, personally, it's been a down, an up and a down, a lot of down, and then an up. And I've had, my credit score at one point was probably... 400 Mm -hmm. or 405 or 410 was super low you can't get nothing with that Mm -hmm. and i've built it up and i've had a good good worth ethic and i've built it up to what it is today and i've gotten houses and cars and all that stuff so uh, and i respect i respect anybody that's gone through the same journey that i have Mm -hmm. um so i would definitely date somebody that had the low credit score and the good worth ethic what about you
1: yeah same here and that's a little bit of our story is when Chris and I met, I had just rebounded from some real financial devastation from my divorce. And uh, he was super transparent with finances in the very beginning. It was really refreshing where he opened up the Credit Karma app, not an ad, but it is what we use. And he was like, oh, here's my credit score. And I was like, I did? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. I mean, not like on our first date. But, oh, I thought, no, no, no. I thought you meant that. No, in our first couple of weeks when we were dating, we were. I remember we were having dinner at a restaurant uh, out in East County in San Diego. It was a little Mexican restaurant, and we were talking about finances and credit score, and... Chris showed me his, and then I just was really open with him. And I said, you know, mine's not there yet, but here's what I've been doing to work on it. And he knew that I've been a hard worker and was just in a real unfortunate set of circumstances. Right. And so same like him. I've walked that journey, Uh, But I appreciate a person that doesn't make excuses and is working hard to change their circumstances.
0: Yes, that's that's key, too, is making sure this person is working their way up, not back down into the grave of finance problems.
1: Yeah, you definitely want to stay out of that really deep debt spiral.
0: Right, and and people that are spoiled and are entitled, they kind of like... hey, whatever, I, you know, more money's coming. I got the money tree, a.k.a. daddy, or whatever.
1: <laughs> or whatever, yeah, you know, whatever or, or what, it is.
0: whatever it is. And, and they kind of, like, don't have a good respect for um, any... And also, not just with um, money, but property, too. Um, somebody said this many, many years ago. Um, if you have two kids, two 16-year-old kids, say Zeke's going to be 16 soon. Mm-hmm. Two 16-year-old kids, one, totally spoiled, got everything they ever wanted, and Zeke, who saved up his entire allowance, and bought his first car. Say it's like kind of an older car, cheap car used. Mm-hmm. Zeke bought it. Then he got the second kid who was just given a brand new car. In one year's time, which car do you think is going to be nicer in the end of that one first year? I guarantee you it's going to be Zeke's. It's not going to be the spoiled kid, right. even though it's a newer car.
1: Right. It's going to be the one that worked for it.
0: Right. Because the wor- you have
1: a value and appreciation for something that you exactly. had to earn. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. That's my point exactly. Yeah. So.
1: So, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We do want to give a little shout out to our kiddo, our oldest Zeke has started his own podcast, The Zeke what? Show. Yeah. So, no way. The Zeke Show has its first episode on SoundCloud. And so you can look for. The Zeke Show on SoundCloud. And I'm going to get that username for you in just a second.
0: Yes. Uh, Christine's looking for it right now. She's digging across the uh, room. And she's pulling up her computer. I mean, sorry, her iPhone. And she is digging around on her iPhone. And she's looking for it right now. Nobody's texting any pictures now or like that. We're going to get this thing going here. And uh, it is The Zeke Show. And Zeke did it all by himself.
1: Yeah. And you can find him on SoundCloud at ew belcher 7887 And his His first episode was called Soccer and Sports. He's talking about things that he's passionate about. And so that just goes to show you, friends, share your passions with your kids because you never know when they're going to come up with their own innovations and walk in your shoes. And so let's give it a shout out to The Zeke Show and to kids being innovative.
0: That is fantastic. And thank you guys so much for listening. And it's been a great week. And we can't wait to do this again. And we will see you guys next week.
1: Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret.
0: So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason.
1: If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy.
0: They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Christine. And until next week...